So we're holding by Malachim Aleph. We had Perek, Tes, Pasuk Vav. The year was started as a Schusil and Ishmael, Sichaskal Shragam and Avram Yehuda. It should also be a Schusil and Ishmael, Sichaskal Mechel Ben Asher. Maisha Ben Daniel, Chaim Alavza Ben Shemshanarye, as well as a Schusfer for Shlema, Chaim Maisha Shua Ben Malka. So we are in the middle of the warning that Akadish Baruch Hu gives to Shlema Melech. Uh, we started it last time where Hashem begins to tell Shlomoi that while it's good and well that the Beis HaMikdash was built as a place to dive into Hashem, but at the end of the day, Hashem's continued dwelling amongst Klai Yisrael and the uh, existence of the Beis HaMikdash and Klai Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael is dependent on the actions of Klai Yisrael. Now, in Pasta Gimel, I just want to go back for a minute. Hashem said regarding the Beis HaMikdash, that my eyes and my heart will be there uh, for all days. The Gemara in Yavamas and Beis brings down that Rebchi and Reb Shimon were sitting, and one of them said that the someone who davens has to uh, focus his eyes downward. Because the Pasuk says, meaning that you're facing the you're facing the earth because Hashem's presence is here on the earth. The other one said, that's not true, that you have to face upwards towards Shemayim because the Pasuk says, that you're facing upwards. So in the meantime, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi came and he explained, they, they, they told him what they're arguing about. So he explained the Pasuk in the name of his father. He said that when you're davening, your eyes should be facing downward, but your heart should be focused upwards in order to be Mekayim, both Psukim. So the Shulchan Aruch HaRav explains how a person accomplishes this. Uh, a person should bow his head downwards and so that his eyes are facing downward. Uh, just like we daven now facing towards we towards the Beis HaMikdash, we're mechaving towards the Beis HaMikdash, but our eyes are facing downward. But our hearts, we should intend with our hearts that, 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 that we are davening and our tefillah should go up towards the Kisya Kavit. But it's very important, he says, that a person's head should be downward. He says, if a person raises his head towards the sky while he's davening, like, like he compares it to someone looking at a roof, the, mal- the malachim laugh at such a person. So in order to be mekayim both psukim, your, your head should be bowed downwards, but your heart should be focused davening up towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's go now to Pasuk Vav. So Hashem continues, Im shayf shuvan, uh, but if you... Uh, 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 but if you and your children turn away from me, and you don't keep the mitzvahs and the decrees that I placed in front of you, and you go and you serve foreign gods and you bow down to them, so then, then I will cut off from the face of the land that I gave them, and the that I sanctified for my name, I will dismiss it from in front of my presence. Klai become a example, and a conversation piece amongst the nations. Meaning that the downfall of Klai will be so extraordinary that the nations will use it as a metaphor when they refer to destruction and when they refer to tragedy. The psukim here are addressed in the plural, atem uvenechem. You, Shlaimai, and my children, uh, or and rather, and your children, meaning it's the plural, it's you, Shlaimai, and not only Shlaimai and whoever is sitting on the throne, but also the entire nation, meaning that even if the Melech is a Melech Tzadik, but if the nation is a nation of Ivory Aveira, then that will cause Klai Yisrael to be exiled and the Beis HaMikdash will ultimately be destroyed. And that is actually what happens because the Gemara tells us that Sitkiyo, the last king, was Melech Tzadik He was actually a righteous king. The Gemara says that Yo was a... a um, 
a Russia, but the people were righteous. But in the days of Tzidkiyo, he was a Tzaddik, but the people were Rishayim, and that Taka brought about the Chorban. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin uh, teaches us, this Gemara in Sanhedrin Vavamad base teaches us, that, uh, that the Pasuk here, Hashem is telling Kal Yisrael that the, in order to continue to merit the existence of the Beis Hamikdash and have Hashem dwell amongst them, they have to be worthy of it. And if that is lacking, if they are not some uh, uh, if they are not pure-hearted with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then the Beis Hamikdash becomes nothing more than an empty shell. And that's why the Gemara says when Vuzaradon was uh, feeling gaiva over the fact that he was able to conquer Klai Yisrael and that he was able to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, Abbasko came out and said, "You." killed a nation that was already dead and you burnt a building that was already burnt and you ground flour that was already ground, meaning that Hashem had already abandoned Kla Yisrael, had already abandoned the Beis HaMikdash, so as a result, it was just an empty building. It was almost as if the building was already burnt and the people were already dead because they were abandoned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and so there was no great uh, mitziah that uh, Nebuchadnezzar did by the fact that he conquered a basically conquered nation and an empty building. The Malbam is Medayik in the Psukim that the promise that the Malchus would fall to the child of David HaMelech, that was without Tanai. But the promise that the subsequent generations would merit the Malchus, that was given by Tanai. And that's, uh, he brings Zeraya from uh, certain Psukim, certain Psukim in Tehillim, and he says that's why over here, it specifically says, Im atem So then, this will befall the next generation. In other words, Shlaimai's generation was assured already, based on a promise of Tocha that uh, Shem made to David, Beli Tanai. But subsequent generations would have to be worthy of retaining the Malchus, or else they would lose it. And that is ultimately why the split of the ten and the two shvatim happens not during Shlomo Melech's life. And we'll see that Hashem tells Shlomo that because of David, I'm not going to bring it in your lifetime, but rather I'm going to bring it in the lifetime of your sons. The reason why that happens is specifically because the avtacha that was given to David about his child, about the next generation, was without Tanai, even if they were undeserving. Now, we will continue next time with the dire warning that Hashem is giving to Shlaimai, but it does need a little bit of Hezber. On a day of the Chanukah Sabayas, when there certainly was an elevated level of Kedusha, Tfila celebration, why would Hashem end his bracha on such a tragic and frightening uh, note? So the Medrash tells us to explain this, that Shlaimai's conduct uh, um, was deserving of this because for the seven years that Shlomo was building the Beis HaMikdash, he did not drink any wine. He devoted all of his energies to the building of the Beis HaMikdash. When the Beis HaMikdash was done, he married the princess of, uh, of Mitzrayim, Bisya. He drank wine and he combined that with the celebration of the Beis HaMikdash. Ultimately, as a result of his festivities, he overslept the next morning and the keys to the Beis HaMikdash were under his pillow and that angered HaKadosh Baruch Hu because the service of the Avoida was delayed as a result. Now, Shlomo's intentions were certainly Lushem Shemayim. He wanted to, uh, to uh, take all of his taivas and be Mekadosh Lushem Shemayim, but unfortunately he miscalculated. And that because of his marriage to the, uh, pr- the Egyptian princess, so the Malach Gavriel it went and he placed a rod in the sea that eventually grew to be the Roman Empire, which brought about the Chorban of the second base of Migdash. So Hashem is telling Shloimah that we're ready off to a bad start here, and that if you don't do tshuva and learn the lesson that happened this morning, then ultimately there will be even further tragedy, and we know that that level of tshuva never came about.